Hey everybody, it's Saturday night, and guess what? Me and Elijah are not doing a mini-sode. We're actually gonna make picks together for the first time in forever. And oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, can I do it? No, can I do it? Can I do it? Can I talk about it real quick? Just real quick, real quick. You you, you can because we were just talking about off air how you said you had something, and now okay, you're gonna real quick. Real quick. Let it let it, it let it release. Go for it. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, my God. Aaron Rodgers. Noah, what the fuck is going on with Aaron Rodgers? Um, what the bleep is right. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to keep it. Ki- I'm trying to keep this kid centric. I want everyone to listen to this. But um, no, no, yeah. I'm, allowed, I'm allowed one or two F-bombs an episode. You are. So literally since 13. we last, since we last brought you an episode, Aaron Rodgers got COVID. Like, we literally have not addressed this issue. Also, Henry Ruggs got arrested for driving 156 miles an hour on a Las Vegas street and killing someone. Um, yes. Which he's, of course, alleged to doing, yada, yada, yada. So he's probably going to get 45 years in prison, which is insane. So literally, since we last talked to you, two of the biggest stories in the NFL broke. And, like, nothing else matters at this point. Um, yeah. Except for the fact that literally... I mean, I was watching every single news channel. It wasn't even sports, Elijah. Like, the Aaron Rodgers story, huge. Like, it oh, literally massive. made that. You know, NFL owns the day of the week, and uh, the MVP of last season, and, you know, a household name, and Aaron Rodgers, who everybody seems to love, you know, the golden boy of the league, uh, got caught lying uh, big time. And yeah. people are going to say, like, I- I've read – I've read commentary from people saying, oh, he didn't lie. He didn't lie. Technically, no, he lied. All right. Like he straight up said, they said, are you vaccinated? And he said, the first thing out of his mouth was, yeah. Yeah, I'm immunized. Immunized. Which, like, like strongly misleading the public. And it's just, I mean, it's more than a bad look. Uh, the thing is, Noah, in my opinion, and like, I have a feeling you won't agree with me on this. I feel like in two weeks, everyone's going to forget it once he comes back and throws for five touchdowns against the Seahawks. Like I, I just, I, I, he's one of those people that is almost untouchable just by virtue of how good he is at football. But I don't know. Like, do you think it's going to blow over? So like, I'm I'm only disagreeing with you in the sense that this is going to be a story all the way through because of course protocol for unvaccinated folks who get COVID are you're out at least 10 days and the news broke cousins and Cole Beasley were honest about it right yeah exactly and and people to this point like I didn't think DeAndre Hopkins of the Arizona Cardinals was going to get vaccinated but he did because he initially threatened to quit and he decided to get the vaccination because he cares about winning more it's the same thing like Tom Brady like with Tom Brady's personal background, you would never know that he would get the vaccination. But he literally puts winning and working with his trainer, Alex Guerrero, over everything. And if Alex Guerrero told him to get the vaccination, he was going to get the vaccination. So it's very surprising to me that someone like Aaron Rodgers with his background, especially because like today, I don't know if you saw, like Previa Health, which is a very big um, health care corporation in the state of wisconsin canceled its sponsorship with aaron Rodgers um today over what he over what he did um and i think obviously you know like don't expect state farm to be canceling anytime soon but um i think that speaks volumes you know like a health organization saying like yeah we're not we're not gonna work with you you who pretty much owns the state 
you know, Aaron Rodgers owns the state. Like I'm obviously being hyperbolic, but like, you know, just the idea that they would cancel with him just really says a lot about what he did and how messed up of it, uh, how messed up, how messed up of him it was. Like, and and I'm more, I mean, to play devil's advocate here, then it's not really about Rodgers. It's more about the media who was there. Like nobody followed up. Everyone, everyone just took immunization as, okay, I got the shot. Like, no, this dude literally did like some sort of homeo, homeopathic treatment that he tried to pass off to the NFL as, hey, I'm cured against COVID. And it all blew over in his face. Like, also... He goes goes on the Pat McPhee show, you know, the punter with the tank tops. I guess... McPhee. So, you know. Yeah, Pat McPhee. I know his his name. I know his name. Uh, Uh, I see what you did there, then. Rogers goes on his show and pretty much just starts blabbing about like how he's being canceled again and how it's you know the woke mob is putting the nail in his cancel culture coffin and then he goes and brings up mlk talking about uh rules that are oppressing people you know just comparing segregation to a vaccination which are are two i mean obviously two completely totally different things but just like everything he was saying on that show just like was like it was just bs after bs after bs just like like the 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 most nauseating conspiracies and people like him so so like they're gonna they're gonna listen to him like people are gonna hear what roger says and be like you know what yeah that's that's my quarterback I, i like what he has to say like he doesn't realize how dangerous it is to use his platform the way he has in my opinion i feel like you know really have an effect in like I don't know. I uh, just ooh, that, that like his ram on on Pat on Pat McAfee was just not not fun to listen to because it's just insane. It's weird, and I mean, frankly, so like I knew that Aaron Rodgers was kind of sus when his brother Jordan went on the Bachelorette and made it all the way to the hometowns. If anybody out there is a Bachelor fan, which I used to be, um, but literally, like. They, they talked about how Aaron really wasn't a part of the Rogers life back in Chico, California, where he's originally from. So I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm taking that for what it is. It's okay to have family drama. You know, that's not really anything that we can touch upon, but like after seeing this, it kind of goes to show who Aaron Rodgers is off the football field when he's not around the green Bay Packers who also hold an amazing accountability factor here for Keeping this under wraps. Like, you literally have a medical department and you hear your star player saying these words and you're just like, all right, let's protect him at all costs. No matter what, we're going to take his word for it. Like, what were those conversations like? It doesn't make any sense to me. And if this was literally someone who was like a B or a C caliber player, this would be so much worse in terms of repercussions and all that stuff, but what you talked I don't, I don't about, think it I don't think it would have blown up as much. But it oh, been, it wouldn't have. But like what I'm saying is, off the team, you know, like he wouldn't be like, you know, he'd be suspended or something. Yeah, he would be suspended. The team would be fine. I'm shocked that nothing has come about this besides the fact that Rogers is in COVID protocol. Like this is really stupid. It's <laughs> and, so dumb. It's but it's so also dumb. the NFL. Like it makes sense. Also, like he is the best player in the league. So it's like you know, if LeBron did something like this, which obviously he wouldn't because like LeBron did kind of a 
he's just he's, he's always been a really good citizen right like he's been a good good dude can't argue with that um but like oh my god like the uh, it, it would be insane but he'd also still probably be able to play like and in the in the case of rogers obviously like you know face of the league been the face of the league for a long time reigning mvp that's why i'm saying like, i just don't i don't think that really anything's going to come out of this all we're going to like we just know more about rogers as a person and um I mean, I've known, like, you know, when when you, when you follow him for so long, you do see that he has this tendency to play the victim at any opportunity he gets. And um, he's just, he's very, uh, like, just can't take any criticism of Aaron Rodgers throughout his career has been seen as, like an insult or like being a hater. Like if, if someone says anything negative about Aaron Rodgers, like he takes it so nauseatingly personally. And, um, you know, now that's really coming to light, I guess. So, yay. It really is. He's, I mean, it, it's amazing how much this has damaged his personal credibility. Um, okay. And obviously, as I stated before, the biggest healthcare company in Wisconsin canceled him. Um, so I guess that's the first sign of the woke mob canceling him. If you want to make it seem that way, but um, oh, in, in any case, um, I'm, I'm really glad that we talked say, about but this. He's not playing this week. No, nope. he's not playing this week, but you know who is playing this week, Noah? Who's playing? A lot of other teams. That's very true. That's a very good uh, bridge here um, because yeah. as you know, we're here on Saturday night and the games are tomorrow. So we got to make our picks here. I'm glad that we talked about this. Oh, congrats on your Colts. Yes, very, very much. So. Okay, let me tell you a quick story. And this makes me look really bad. But no. I okay, so I work on I've worked on the Thursday Night Football crew the last two weeks, um, since I got my new job. And for some reason, this week has been really strange, because our crew is out in Annapolis, Maryland, and we're going to be doing our Veterans Day show. And they decided to give me Thursday night off. So I went to go see Marvel's Eternals, which if you want my actual review, it wasn't that great. Um, but but yeah, yeah, it's mixed. But in any case, um, I left work in the third quarter. It was 42 to 10. And I'm like, all right, it's in the bag, whatever the case. I literally watched this two and a half hour movie. I checked my phone. The Colts won, but it was 45, 30. Like what on earth happened? Mike White, Mike White started the game for the jets in place of injured Zach Wilson coming off of his 405 yard performance, he uh, ended up getting hurt himself. So the jets brought in their third string quarterback, Josh Johnson, who I, I, and I don't know how intently you were listening to Joe Buck on the broadcast, Elijah, but Joe Buck rattled off like 10 teams that Josh Johnson has been a part of, whether it be practice squad or active roster. Yeah, um, I seem to remember his Wikipedia page coming up often. Uh, and I, I just, by the way, just, so you know, I turned off the game too. Because, you know, it was pretty much over. And I still think, like, based on what I've read and, like, what I've seen, like, the Jets were never in the game. They just made it a little bit closer. And they made it Scorigami, by the way. Yes, they did. Shout out John Boyce. John Boyce. John Boyce. Yeah, um, yeah that, was, uh, that was pretty um, – but, yeah, like, Josh Johnson, I guess, you know, like, probably just surprised the Colts a little bit, was able to find some weak spots in the defense. And, uh, yeah, you know, made it, made it look a lot closer than it was. And you could go home and tell Mom you had a great game. So, um, <laughs> but the big thing from that game that I took away is like, I still love Carson Wentz. Uh, the AFC is really anyone's game. 
like anyone anyone in the AFC. I mean, I Besides guess you, the Bills. You, can about, you can say that about any conference. The Bills are a little bit a step ahead of everyone, I think, in the AFC at this point. Yes. But at the same time, like, I mean, the Colts look really, really good. No, it was the Jets, but still, you know, like Wentz has been relative, like, consistent the whole year except against Tennessee. And, like, it's just uh, anything can happen. And you should be very excited about your team. Uh, they're trending upwards this season. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Taylor's a beast. Well, and 260 total rushing yards in the game does not seem like a bad feat either. And yeah. the, the, the Colts literally ran the ball down the Jets' throats, and it was so impressive to watch. Of, of course, I didn't see the Jets' comeback, if you will, uh, with Josh Johnson, but, I mean, good for him. Like I've touched on, the Jets are a team that are definitely on the rise, um, definitely going to uh, sail off that platform at some point, um, off that runway, so... Dominant I, performance. Yeah, I, I, and and I, I really want the Jets to start winning again, just for the sake of these this fan base because they they deserve it, especially the ones who've stayed. Um, but yeah, good win oh, for yeah, the Colts, no getting back on track here. Um, I I like what this team has become. I really do think, especially with the favorable schedule towards the end of the year, they can somehow clench to everything. And at four and five, especially with the Titans going on the road to play the Rams, which we'll get into our picks a little bit later, it definitely sheds a little bit of light on the Colts making a run here uh, to try and turn the tables. But oh, in any day. case, um, Elijah, we've got some picks to make here. So if you want to, let, let's start here with... Uh, oh, you want to you read them or should I read them? No, I can read them and you can give your thoughts and I'll jump in for a second. Um, so Minnesota... Coming off that brutal loss to Dallas on Sunday night the other night, they're going on the road to take on the Ravens, your uh, adopted team, if you will, based off of your location. Um, and the Ravens are five and two in the AFC North, and are actually, are, I think they're the leaders of the AFC, if I'm not mistaken. Actually, Tennessee is the, the leaders at six and two. But right. in any case, Ra- Ravens are on the fat track here. What do you what do you think here? This is, uh, this is the Purple Bowl, first of all. Always very exciting when the purple teams meet up. Um, I like Baltimore, but I like a close game. Um, I think kind of like it it just feels a little weird, you know, like whenever the NFC, AFC battles, I always tend to lean a little bit NFC, not always, but usually tend to lean a little bit NFC. Um, I just think the Ravens are ultimately the better football team. Uh, Two really good coaches um, who uh, know the game very well, obviously. Um, I like Baltimore to win by a field goal in a good game, 24-21. How about you? This is tough for me because I really want to beat you in picks this week. Yeah. Um, and I want to, I, really, I want to see the Vikings bounce back here because Kirk Cousins is statistically having his best year, especially in Minnesota when you're a guy who's been given this big deal, especially when all of your money is guaranteed in an NFL contract. That, that's huge. And he's finally looking like he's going to step up and make that performance, especially in the regular season. This is the time to do it against a formidable Ravens defense coming off of a bye. And I'm going to pick the Vikings, the purple people leader Vikings to beat the purple Edgar Allan Poe's. And I'll say that it isn't going to necessarily be a defensive contest. 27, 21 Minnesota gets the upset. How about that? I mean, look, I'm telling, like, Kirk is having an unbelievable season, and we've talked about this a good bit. 
Um, you know, he has 14 touchdowns to two interceptions this year. You see, pretty, and yet somehow pretty, the Vikings are three and four. So it's, it's just a mystery. I think it's the, the tough level of competition, but yeah. in any case, let's move on to another AFC NFC showdown. This one in Charlotte, North Carolina, as the New England Patriots are in town to face the Carolina Panthers in a very interesting matchup here. How does Bill Belichick game plan for Sam Darnold, formerly of the AFC East? You know, this is a rematch of the first Super Bowl uh, I remember watching, uh, Super Bowl 38, uh, where Tom Brady led the Patriots to 32-29 win. I like the Patriots to win. Uh, I don't think Carolina's – like, Carolina's – they're tough to predict because of just how volatile they are week to week. But I think New England's playing really good football right now. Mac Jones has been awesome this year. There's no way around it, especially for a rookie. Um, I like New England to win this one uh, on the road. Uh, it's going to be, you know, not going to be easy, but interesting, you know, going uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore, obviously, you know, picked up by the Panthers. After that's the right. I forgot about that. Um, so that's a, that'll be kind of fun. Uh, I think that the Panthers are the more talented roster, but I think the Patriots are obviously better coached. And I think that's going to matter at the end. I take New England, 26, Carolina, 19. What say you, Friedman? Oh, this one is a tough one for me, um, mostly because, like you said, Carolina is extremely unpredictable. Um, let me give you a little bit, a, a little tidbit. Here's your fact of the day. Sam Darnold, in his last three games against New England, as I shed light on, he was the former quarterback of the Jets in his first year in Carolina. 0-3, one touchdown, six picks. Yep, so, yep that's it. That's, that is what that, – that's a point that I wanted to make, but I forgot. So, yes. So the, the track record on Sam Darnold against New England is bad. And the Carolina Panthers, as a team, since about week four, have not been good. They just snapped their losing streak by beating the Falcons of all teams. And so to me, especially when you get into the whole coaching aspect and Bill Belichick game planning against a really good talented, like you mentioned, Carolina offense, I like new England here. It's, it's going to be up to them to kind of control the environment in Charlotte. And I feel like they have the chance to do it. So I'm going to agree with you on this. I'm going to say it's low scoring. I'll say it's a one possession game, 16, 13, Carolina loses to the Patriots. That sounds awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm down. For How about that? Um, let's go to the Battle of Ohio between uh-huh. the Cleveland Browns and Cincinnati Bengals from Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, Ohio. I really think that Cincinnati rebounds from the loss to the Jets. I think that they're a good team. Uh, and Joe Burrow, I don't think like he's one like he's coming into his own. I just, I just really don't love where the Browns are at currently, you know, especially with the drama with Odell Beckham Jr. Mm -hmm. Um, Although, you know, I think that they're happy to be rid of him, to be completely honest, as much as, you know, like he's well-liked in the locker room and all, but like he he, he just didn't fit well with the team. I like Cleveland. Oh, no, excuse me. I like Cincinnati to win this battle of Ohio. I just think uh, the better quarterback, better team overall. Let's say 26. Seven to 23 in a fun one get out of here i was literally gonna say that same exact score i, oh, I, I kid God. you not so 
I'm still going to do it. it. Yeah. I'm going to do it just because you put me on the spot here and I'm going to take the same result. Not really much to, to add on to your points, especially given. And like, like you said, the volatility with Odell Beckham Jr. It's not locker room oriented. It's Odell Beckham Jr. Oriented with, probably the front office of the Cleveland Browns and Andrew Barry. It's not a scheme fit. No, but like, and, and, it, and it's tough because I really felt like when the Giants traded Odell back in, I think it was 2017, mm-hmm. um, it really seemed to me that this would be his fresh start that he was looking for, especially paired with Jarvis Landry, his former teammate at LSU. I really thought that it was going to work and it didn't. Injuries cost him games. Um, he right. still kind of blew up, not as much as he did when he was with the Giants. I really felt like his calmness took over a little bit, but maybe not to the point where he's as fired up to be on the field. And maybe that's why the scheme fit didn't work, like you mentioned. Um, and that's obviously the most important storyline, at least to me, going into this browns Bengals matchup, especially, well, and also I guess Baker Mayfield, again, slowly rebounding from injury, his shoulder injury, which he elected not to get surgery on. So we'll see how much that plays into the factor of um, this game, especially with the Bengals having come off that really emotional loss against New York. um, He he hasn't looked like he's uh, been true to his main form uh, at all this year. Uh, Hopefully, you know, he gets back at it, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, we're definitely on the same page there then. Literally. Uh, I literally was going to say 27-23. That's insane that you would say that. Anyway, um, let's move on. A lot of AFC-NFC matchups this week. Um, and another one that we should talk about. Uh, from Dallas, because the Cowboys get the early slate for some reason. I don't really know how that works. I always think they play in like the 4 o'clock hour um, Eastern. But they're going to be taking on the Denver Broncos, uh, who are 4-4 four and four coming in. And Elijah, how do you see this one playing out? Super Bowl twelve rematch where you had uh, the first multiple uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Cowboys won 27-10. Um, I can't remember who the MVPs were, though. I think it was uh, – I don't remember. Um, but anyway, um, I like Dallas to win this one, uh, and I actually like it to be the same score as that game was back in the 70s. Uh, I like Dallas 27-10 to over Denver. I think that – Dallas is favored by 9.5. I think they're definitely going to cover that because, um, well, they're just overall the better team. Denver's been struggling, you know, kind of on and off all year. Uh, and Dallas plays real defense now. So I like uh, I like Dallas to come out on top. What about okay. you? All right. Well, um, first of all, because I did my research while you were talking, Harvey Martin and Randy White. Co-MVPs. I knew it was Harvey something because yeah. my grandpa's name is Harvey. So There you go. So they, they won MVP for Dallas back in Super Bowl twelve. Um, you make great points once again, just in terms of on paper, Dallas is the better team over Denver. I think that also shows um, in that matchup as well. And reasoning for it being um, the defense, like you mentioned, there, again, just really is not a whole lot to add here. I'm going to take Dallas, especially because Dak Prescott is back. He's starting. It's official. Cooper Rush had his moment in the sun on Sunday, uh, this past Sunday. And with Dak coming back, I just find it very overwhelming for uh, a really weak Broncos secondary to try and guard CeeDee Lamb um, and Amari Cooper. So I'm going to take Dallas, and I'm going to take them pretty easily, actually. 27-17. Makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, moving on to uh, another game. Um, this one we could probably knock out really quickly. It's the five and two Buffalo Bills taking on the one and six Jaguars from uh, TIA Bank Field in Jacksonville. Bills 34, Jaguars 6. Okay. That seems pretty easy to me. I will also take Buffalo and I'll say it's going to be 31 to 3. Yeah. Non starter. Um, All right. Texans and Dolphins in the battle of one and seven teams. Yeah. (laughs) Really, it's a battle of two teams that both pretty much lose. They, They made a huge trade like somewhat recently, a couple years back. Laramie Tunsil deal. That's right. And, and I think that this game is like, could not illustrate how, could, could not, like, it just so strongly illustrates how both teams lost that trade. Um, although I think Miami ultimately will be the benefactor. It just really doesn't seem to be, uh, really doesn't seem to be the case right now. Anyway, in Miami, really this game could go either way. I like Miami to win. In a pretty ugly game, but a fun one nonetheless. A close one, 17-13. How do you feel about it? So, the oh, – Oh, real quick. Oh, sorry, real quick. Yeah. Eagles fans, Eagles fans will definitely be tuned into this game. Uh, they will be wanting te- uh, the, the Texans the, – yeah, they want the Texans to win uh, because Miami has that draft pick. Uh, and if the Texans win, then Miami is definitely looking to get that number two pick, which goes to the Eagles. So – uh, so, yeah, so Eagles fans will definitely be rooting for Houston. Okay, so this is, of course, just a dismay of a game. Two teams combined at 2-14. and 14. Um, So this one is going to be pretty unwatchable, if you ask me. But the fun thing about these two teams are that the Texans won in week one against Jacksonville. They have now lost seven straight. The Dolphins yeah. won in week one against the Patriots and have since lost seven straight. Um, the, the big so story, hey, maybe it's going to be a good year. So that something's got to give. Um, the big story with this one, obviously, is the fact that Miami did its due diligence in the whole Deshaun Watson case and decided not to trade for him. So it would have been really interesting had a trade gone down, given the fact that the Texans are playing the Dolphins this weekend. Um, there yeah. just seems like a, a lot of outside chatter and not well, a whole... Tyrod Taylor is coming back for Houston, which is... That, that's true. And I feel like that bodes well for, for the Texans. Um, mm-hmm. And with that all being said, I'm going to take the Texans to get off the schneid here, uh, especially because I want that for the AFC South to kind of get their bolster. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take Houston in an upset here. And I can see it. And, and it's, it's not going to be pretty, but I, I think with, with a healthy tie rod, like who knows what the Texans can be like, Brandon Cooks is a really good wide receiver. I see him having a really big game. And yeah, they might even be five and twelve this year. I mean, it, see, that just seems weird. Five and twelve, given the Wait, doesn't it sound wrong? Okay. It does. Um, but I'm going to take Houston to win twenty to sixteen in okay. another upset special because again, I, I want to beat you in picks. So I was sure you were going to say thirteen to nine, but no, 20, not... 16 works too. I can see it be that high scoring. Um, all right, let's do. Uh, a couple more here from the 1 p.m. hour, 10 a.m. Pacific. The three and four Falcons going to take on their NFC South rivals, New Orleans Saints, at five and two. Elijah, what say you? Very, very tricky because it's the Falcons, obviously, and it and it's the Saints who are, um, you know, without their starting quarterback, they're going to be with uh, Trevor Simeon, 
I really hope they would pick up Cam Newton, but I guess that's not in the cards for him. I right now, right now at least, yeah, that's true. I could see him getting him later in the year. I still think that like December might be the right time. But anyway, neither here nor there. This week is Trevor Simeon's week to go up against Atlanta in what is, in my opinion, the most intense rivalry in the NFL, the Saints and Falcons. A lot of people would disagree with me on that. That's another like thing on which John Boyce has convinced me as I watched his documentary, which I can't wait for you to see eventually. But um, anyway. Thank you. Yeah, get excited, track. I think Atlanta's going to win. I really do. And this is also an upset special, but not really because it's a matter of who has the better quarterback, who is traditionally Matt Ryan, although he's been playing kind of like, well, his, his, uh, his flaws are pretty well documented. Uh, but Atlanta, you know, like they, they, they still want to make the playoffs and Cordero Patterson's been awesome this year as their running back receiver flanker. I don't know what to call him, but he's been really great. Um, and Kyle Pitts coming into his own. Uh, and in a rivalry game like this, anything could happen. We've seen some amazing games between the Falcons and Saints over the years. I like Atlanta to win in a fun battle of two bitter rivals, 25 to 23. Okay, so quick story before I get into my pick. So we had a Falcons feature a few weeks ago, air on Fox NFL Sunday. And we interviewed Cordero Patterson, Kyle Pitts, and Matt Ryan. And it was basically about how, like you mentioned, Cordero Patterson really doesn't have a position. Kyle Pitts really doesn't have a position, despite the fact that Patterson lines up at running back wide receiver and then Pitts is wide receiver tight end combo. So so whoever produced that piece, I'm not sure who it was, but they asked Cordero straight up, like, hey, you're a running back. You're a wide receiver. Like, how does it feel to, like, not have a defined position? He's like, man, I'm none of those. I'm a baller. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, he, uh, he, he didn't he credit his mom too. He said like, my mom worked three jobs growing up, so if she could do that, I could play three positions, which I just thought was really cool and like uh, kind of a unique perspective of uh, his football career, which was really great to see. I love that guy, man. Like he's just freaking, freaking awesome, former bear in your eyes, um, yeah. for, for sure. And he just seems like a really cool guy. With that all being said, though, I'm going to take his team to lose, <laughs> and here okay. and here's and here's why. So Trevor Simeon comes in. He had not played in a game since, I think it was 2019. And he played in two games since 2017. Um, Comes in against a very good Buccaneers defense and leads the way and does everything possible to put his team in a position to win. Now he's facing the Falcons, uh, a a much not worse team, but just a team that is not in the same category as the Buccaneers. And the Saints defense has willed their way to that five and two start. And, I don't see that changing in any sort of way. So I'm going to take New Orleans here, and I think Trevor Simeon and Sean Payton will play very safe on offense, especially with the addition of Mark Ingram now. Um, I feel like he finally starts to get that. into the mix. I do love that. I'm going, to, I'm going to take New Orleans to win, and I'm going to say it'll be 30 to 24 uh, in favor of the Saints from the Caesar Superdome. Um, I could definitely see myself being wrong this week. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm already feeling a little hesitant on picking the Falcons, but I'm going to stick with it. You, uh, you like the Falcons a lot. You've, you've... Well, I, I love the Falcons and, you know, like I, I love them more after the documentary, but I also like, I, I do think they are like, like I said, like this is just one of those rivalry games where it's like two teams that know each other so, so well. Um, and I just like, I could definitely see it going either way. And I think that this time the Falcons will come out on top, especially after the Saints beat, Brady's Bucks last week. I feel like that took a lot out of them. It um, did. 
you know, but we'll see, you know, like this could go, oh, you know, it's football. It could always go a number of ways. Um, moving on, if we can. Yes. To last uh, one o'clock game, New York hosting the Raiders. Um, Giants have not had a good year at all. Almost beat the Chiefs last week, but, you know, they, 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 don't, they don't finish games well. Honestly, the Giants could be four and four, five and three right now, but they just don't finish games. I feel like they're right on the cusp. And then you got the Raiders, led by Derek Carr, uh, obviously have had just a ton of scary storylines all year. Um, who, who are you taking? So I am going to take the Giants in an upset special because we found out that Saquon Barkley tested positive for COVID, but it turns out it was a false positive. So there's a chance he could play tomorrow, which oh. is um, a very interesting caveat here. And like you said, so like when I initially picked against the Raiders because of the whole John Gruden situation, I was of course very wrong because they blew out their opponent. I forget who it was. Um, now you've got the Henry Ruggs story that we mentioned. And right. I just, I, I don't know when it's not going to be a toll because you listen to what Derek Carr said literally the day after or two days after and how he said that, you know, he needs to be loved right now. It's the same thing with Gruden. You know, I really did. I did appreciate that coming from Derek. Like that's, that's leadership and that's great. But again, this is about X's and O's. And when you are basically closed up against the wall, especially going on the road cross country, coming off of your bye week when you haven't had the chance to play, you know, 11 on 11 against any opponents, I feel like the Raiders could be in some sort of dysfunction maybe for this week only. And it seems like a really good time for the Giants to earn a signature win, and especially having played the Chiefs as close as they did last Monday night, ended up losing 20-17 to 17 on a go-ahead field goal by Harrison Butker. I feel like this is the Giants' time, especially if Saquon Barkley is in the mix. This could be a chance for the New York offense to take advantage of a really poor Raiders defense. So no. I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Giants here, and I'm, I'm doing it with hesitation. I hate uh, to say it, but I agree. I agree. I, I also think the Giants are going to win this one because of, first of all, the reasons you said. It just It's one of those games that just feels so, like, inconvenient for the Raiders, just given everything that's going on for them, going all the way out to New York. And, like, like you know, the Giants actually playing decent football, just not getting the results they want. They're a competitive team. And both these teams, like, just kind of have, a, like, a recent history of, like, being competitive but just not good enough i just you know i i i like the giants in this one i just plain and simple uh but i didn't let you i didn't let you finish i apologize i was just you know but uh what what do you think uh like score wise 23 16 23 16 i was gonna say 23 17 oh that's uh, funny no you should keep it I'm keeping keep it. it yeah no i'll keep it yeah because like yeah i'm thinking like a six point game maybe even overtime honestly I could definitely see this one going to overtime. Giants won their only overtime game of the season in New Orleans. I'm going to say 23-16 in overtime. Excuse me, 23-17 in overtime. Take my pick. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. 23-17 in overtime. Giants win. Yep. Okay. So next game, uh, we're we're into the afternoon slate now. Finally. Um, Welcome in. Chargers go in cross country for what seems like the 17th time. And they're going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles at Lincoln Financial how do you see this one playing out, Elijah? Because I know what my answer is immediately. Honestly, it feels very similar to kind of what the Raiders and the Giants are doing, except this time I think the Chargers are going to win. Um, <laughs> right now it's a – what, you two? 
Yeah. Explain <laughs> oh your reasoning. I want to hear it. Go ahead. Chargers are, um, I think, really comes down to this better quarterback. I think the Chargers having the better quarterback is going to like be a world of difference. They haven't been playing the best football lately, meaning uh, the LACs. Um, and I just think, you know, like this is almost a get right game for them. But also, like on FanDuel, pretty sure it's almost a push right now. I'm pretty sure the Chargers are favored by one and a half or something crazy like that. Uh, so really, you know, people are, being, are able to see that it could go either way. And the Eagles still have a pretty good defensive line. And they've been running the ball a bit more lately. But I just can't imagine. Um, I just don't think that – this is not a bad Chargers team. This is a very good Chargers team. And the Eagles are still not where they want to be. I think L.A. pulls out a dub. 30-20. Okay. I, I, I like your reasoning, and I, I feel the same exact way. I think better quarterback, better coach, way better coach. Um, Staley versus Nick Sirianni. Um, right. And I feel like, you know what? the Justin Herbert, he's basically Jalen Hurts without the quickness, but just with everything else better attribute and I feel like they're basically a carbon copy of each other if you take out the running aspect and if you're looking at it from the Eagles point of view it's just a lot of variables to try and contain and I feel like it's just a very overwhelming fit for Philadelphia and it's going to give them trouble and the Chargers have done really well going on the road this season and I don't see that changing and I'm going to take the Chargers to win and I'll say it'll be 34-22. In, Ooh, a, in an odd scoring one. Um, okay, let's go to America's Game of the Week on Fox because I'm just going to toot my own horn here. Um, we, we have the Aaron Rodgers list Packers going into Kansas City and taking on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs coming off of their Monday night win. Elijah, because Aaron Rodgers is out now, last I saw it was Chiefs minus seven and a half. Do you think, do you think that stays that way or do you think that the Packers are going to cover here? Well, I think what's going to happen is this game is going to show you exactly why Rodgers was MVP last year, and it's also going to show you uh, exactly just just how valuable he is to that team, to that organization. I think the Chiefs are going to win, and I think they're going to win by – I think they're going to cover. Uh, I think it's going to be – there's going to be a lot of scoring, 34-24. Um, I do think that Jordan Love will play pretty well mainly because the Chiefs' defense really, really, really struggles. Um, And their offense has been struggling this year, too, no doubt about that. But the Packers are pretty depleted on the defensive side of the ball. Um, They are getting Marquez Valdez-Scantling back, which is good for them. Uh, But, you know, we'll see how he does with, like, Jordan Love isn't quite as good as Aaron Rodgers yet. Um, So, yeah, I think that this is – the the Chiefs kind of lucked into this, but without Aaron Rodgers – I think they will uh, – I think Kansas City will end up getting the win 20 uh, – what did I say? 34-24. What do you think? So I want to see Jordan Love ball out here. I want to see why he was the 26th overall pick in, in the uh, 2020 draft. He's, he's only thrown seven passes this season. Um, he appeared in the first two weeks. He appeared against the Saints, went 5 of 7, and then he had three kneel downs uh, against the Lions on Monday night. Uh, football week two so I want to see what he can do against just like I mentioned just a very awful Chiefs defense um I hope he's 
It's just so surprising to me. No that to the Chiefs game. Um, Jordan Love has to go to Devonte Adams early and often. I want to see how Adams does because he's coming off of COVID himself. So it so seems let's like see the, let's see how the best receiver in the league does without the best. Well, arguably yeah, the best quarterback in the league. It's it, it's it's the best quarterback wide receiver duo in football right now, in my opinion, at least. And one of the best in history. And, and, and they're going they're they're going to take advantage of a very vulnerable Chiefs defense. Um, yeah, if Rodgers plays, sure, this game might be more competitive. But I got to be the goober as well and pick the Chiefs. And I want to see a really high-scoring game. So with that all being said, I like to see what Jordan Love will do. I think he'll put up a really good stat line. But Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City will carve up the Green Bay secondary. And it's going to be 42-30. to 30. Kansas City. Um, all right. One last game in the afternoon slate before going on to Sunday and Monday night very quickly. Uh, The Arizona Cardinals coming off of their first loss of the season, taking on the San Francisco 49ers from Santa Clara, California. And Kyler Murray, game time decision for the Cardinals going in is the big story. Right, right. So, yeah, that's uh, why the line was dubious on FanDuel. uh, Because the line right now is uh, Niners. The Niners were favored uh, by three points. Uh, I think Murray ends up playing. I don't think that necessarily matters. Well, no, it matters. It obviously matters. It surely matters. Let me rephrase. It definitely matters. I still don't think the Cardinals offense is highly effective against the Niners defense as evidenced by the last time they played. Uh, Niners obviously coming off a nice win. Um, This time I think it'll be Jimmy Garoppolo starting instead of, uh, um, uh, uh, Trey Lance. I like the Cardinals still to win in San Francisco. Uh, although, you know, they might be without Murray, although they aren't the favored team. I like, or I, I just think they are still the better football team. They still have better players. Um, and I do think they end up sweeping the Niners on the season 20 to 17, Arizona. That seems like a very NFC West kind of matchup. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to agree with you, although I'm going to be very hesitant because not only is Kyler Murray questionable to play with that ankle injury that he suffered last Thursday, but AJ Green is out for the Arizona Cardinals due to COVID, um, has 456 yards receiving and three touchdowns this season has been an absolute, he, he's, he's, he's been an absolute savior for the Cardinals. And now they have, to- have four touchdowns though. Let's be real. That's very true. Good point. Um, <laughs> well, but now we get anyway. to see what Andy Isabella could do. The wide receiver who people forget was picked before DK Metcalf. Ah, um, yes, Madden darling. Yes, exactly. Um, I'm going to be hesitant. I'm also going to pick the Cardinals, just given the fact that besides Murray and besides AJ Green, they're still just so stable, especially on the defensive side. I think that defense gets at least two takeaways. Um, and the 49ers playing the Bears last week, surely is not the stepping stone that they could have imagined now going up against the seven and one Cardinals team. Um, I'm going to take a very similar scoreline here. I'll say that Arizona wins, especially if Kyler Murray does play um, 23 to 20. So I'm going to say that same point differential that you had um, as well. I just think it might be a teeny bit high scoring Um, more Um, Sunday night football. The Derrick Henry list Tennessee Titans taking on the LA Rams from SoFi Stadium in Inglewood. What say yeah. you? 
I mean, the Titans are without their MVP, obviously, and yep. no Derrick Henry. Um, I still think they're a good team. I think that Mike Vrabel has instituted a really strong culture. I still think they'll end up making the playoffs. Uh, playoffs. Um, playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, and they still, you know, like Adrian Peterson's no slouch, and they, they're bringing him in at a very opportune time. That said, they're not as good as the Rams, and I don't even think they would be as good as the Rams if they did have Derrick Henry. I think that this game is going to be pretty close uh, throughout most of it. By the way, a rematch of Super Bowl 34. Um, that, that game, the Rams won 23-16. This game, I like the Rams to get another touchdown and win 30-16 to um, in a relatively competitive game with the Rams pulling out at the end. Um, I like them to win. Matt Stafford will have a pretty good game. Cooper Cup will have a touchdown. Uh, like the Rams, 30-16. How about you? Okay, I like the Rams as well. This is the first game since the acquisition of Vaughn Miller from the Denver Broncos. Um, very odd, though, how in two separate trades, the Rams got Vaughn Miller, but then they traded their leading tackler on the season, Kenny Young, back to Denver. Um, so just a very odd combination there. Um, with the points that you mentioned, especially because Derrick Henry is not there, it makes the Titans very one-dimensional and we don't know how Adrian Peterson is going to do. They must have been very impressed with him because they literally signed him to their practice squad earlier this week and then elevated him to the 53-man roster. So they're looking for him to make some sort of impact. The problem is he's in his mid-30s, and mid-30 running backs don't do good in the league. And so with that all being said, with a suffocating Rams defense and a very healthy Rams offense, uh, I see them running away with it pretty early if you don't, mind me saying so and don't mind at all i'm I'm, I'm gonna pick the rams to win i'll say they're gonna win 26 to 17 i'm with it i'm with it okay one more game elijah it's your bears going on the road to take on the pittsburgh steelers and by the way before i mention it joe buck mentioned it on the thursday night game this is the slate in the nfl with the most super bowl rematches ever so uh, i think there were five so and I felt like it was important to to emphasize them. Oh yeah, because yeah. also that's cold, Super Bowl three. My yes, that's right. My grandparents went to that game. Um, <laughs> did they actually? They did. They did. That's, uh, that's uh, awesome. At the at the Orange Bowl. Yep. Joe Namath doing this thing. You know. Nope. Joe um, Willie Namath. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Bears oh, yeah. Steelers. Bears Steelers. Take, right. Make your pick. I don't think it's going to be a pretty game at all, but I do think our defense shows up. Although we don't have Khalil Mack, um, the Steelers' offense has its documented limitations i like the steelers to pretty much control the game throughout and win 21 to 9 wow okay very very you don't you don't give uh mr fields a chance in pittsburgh do you i do give justin fields a chance i don't know if that offensive line is going to be able to hold up that's my concern if i'm being completely honest okay i I think it's going to be a little bit closer than that i'll take pittsburgh to win in a very low scoring game 17 13 um I think Big Ben makes the right plays at the right times uh, against, as you mentioned, a Bears defense that is not at full strength. So um, that's our picks. That that was fun. We were only supposed to go for 30 minutes, according to you, but we went much longer. Um, I, I, I just love talking about it. Because we're like really into this. Um, yeah. Congratulations, by the way, to the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Washington football team who will not lose this week because they're on bus. <laughs> Hey, that's a win for the Lions. Lions my week is always a winning week for them as far as I'm concerned. It's true, they can't lose. Um, but this was fun. Um, make sure to watch uh, Fox NFL Sunday tomorrow starting at 
Uh, we're starting an hour earlier because um, we're on the road, like I said, in Annapolis, Maryland. Uh, I worked on a couple of things, a couple of coming ups, like, you know, the stuff you see coming ups before commercials. So make sure to check those out and think in the back of your mind that th- that was me. I helped pull footage for that. And- I, always, I always think that, just so you know. I'm always like, that's my Thank best. you. Boy. I appreciate that. But yeah, make sure to watch Fox NFL Sunday starting at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Pacific, and then watch all the football because it's fun. And make sure to get our podcast uh, through Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And follow Elijah on Twitter, Ezelonky, me on Twitter, Noah Friedman underscore, and uh, make sure to watch football because it's so much fun. And we'll talk to you guys again next week. Shalom, my friends.